0: Welcome to Thinking Ahead, your leading edge insights podcast. Each episode reveals the latest insights on today's consumers and offers a sneak peek of tomorrow's marketplace. Stop guessing what's next and start thinking ahead. Hello and welcome or welcome back to another episode of Thinking Ahead, a GFK Insights podcast. This is Hannah Leiter, your host. Now for today's episode, we are doing a health check on your brand. In this new world during and post pandemic, brands are expected to be more than just a mission statement and a logo. Consumers expect them to take action, to show their authentic worth. It's not just about the product anymore. Joining me for the discussion is Eric Villon, Managing Director of Marketing Effectiveness here at GFK. You may have caught the last episode he appeared on, which was about brand purpose. And correct me if I'm wrong here, Eric, but I do believe that that is just one part of what your brand health involves. So welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Anna. Glad to be back.
0: Yeah. So just starting off, overall, what is the goal of a brand?
1: Well, I mean, fundamentally, the brand is there for recognition, right? A um, brand is also there for 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 differentiation, the um, brand appeals in some functional or emotional way to consumers. So it's it, it it's a marker. It's a marker that um, that enables quick decision making. Uh, so over time, you get to know the brand. You don't have to re um, rethink about next time you want a shampoo or next time you want. Um, a beer or or whatever you, you've already made some, some connections with different brands of trial, different things. And, and, um, a strong brand ends up being, um, in any ways, a a, a conduit to faster decision-making and, um, and it, it, it works on several different facets, uh, but that's fundamentally the goal of the brand is to be recognized, to be seen as differentiating in people's heads and hearts. Uh, appeal in some sort of emotional connection to the people, and and obviously to um, to be consumed, to be bought, to be tried, to you know to, to be part of um, people's brand set.
0: Right, and that never really changes, no matter what industry that brand may be in. Yeah, not
1: not really. I mean that that's it. I mean there some categories are moving faster than others. Um, And since some, depending on on the category life stage, then brand life stage also gets taken into consideration. But fundamentally, those pillars are still really important across all categories.
0: Mm -hmm. So you just said pillars. What are, what do you mean by that? What are the pillars that determine the health of a brand?
1: I'm glad you asked that. I mean, there are really three or four different Pillars. So, I mean, the first one would be around mental availability, uh, salience, sort of thing. So, you you know, one of the pillars you you, you got to be known. I mean, people have to come to to be aware of you. Then, and, and there's a certain share of mind and association with those category cues, right? Um, that that um, that makes up that awareness, that mental availability that people would have about your brand. So that that's one you can call it salience. Then they have to know you. And there, that's where you, you think about how do people get to know the brand? What are the functional benefits? What are the emotional benefits of, of a brand? How do they connect with, the, with with the consumers? And that's really important in that um, once people have a very defined, have, have come to define their uh, their knowledge about a brand, so they, they feel like, mm, I really know this brand, um, it's hard to move. It really is. It takes it might take a long time to build a brand. And once it's built, it takes a, a, a real long time to erode some of those brand equities. So you need to understand as a brand, you need to understand how that, that forms. And you need, to, uh, you need to actively work on that brand knowledge all the time. Um, so you have you know, awareness, that mental availability, that brand knowledge. You know, what does that brand stand for, both functionally and emotionally? And then that brand attachment is, is the third one. That's really, really key. I mean, 9 out of 10 decisions are, are really made in, in emotions, right? Uh, emotions count for for way over 50% of decision-making. And so because they're a conduit, they're a fast-track to making decisions, that's the, the emotional nodes that you have, you need to understand how that works. Um, and brand attachment is a really key thing. So it's about... It's about self-connection. It's about self-projection. Do I want to be seen with this brand? It's about gratification. Does a brand make me feel good? And then in the context of that category engagement, right? So there's, there's, there's expression, there's involvement, there's importance in the categories uh, that also play, uh, play into brand attachment. And so that the, all those things are, are, are really core pillars of your brand strategy, how people think about your brand or how people feel about your brand, really. What, how you we need to kind of uh, peel away at the onion and to make sure we have all that. Now um, there is a fourth pillar in, in in the way we look at it, and that's developing those brand experiences. How do you communicate mental availability salience? How do you get at brand knowledge? How do you communicate that? How do you how do you get you know stickier with with with, with consumers? Um, and that's about brand experiences. Well, so what type of experiences? um that you are contributing to that you're actively working on with a brand that actually reinforces and 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 uh and makes those those three pillars and connect with consumers. So brand experiences, it could be advertising, it could be product experience, it could be it could be social media would and it could be you know um search volume, it could be all those things that give an experiential uh, connection um with the consumer is something that makes the three pillars come to life. So brand experience is that underlying uh, fourth pillar that really connects all of the three core pillars together to make that that brand alive.
0: You mentioned that brand is hard to move a brand. So I'm gonna assume it's probably hard to measure one as well. How do you know that you're on the right track?
1: If the data that you have helps you understand the connection that your brand has with consumers on all those pillars in relationship to all of the competitive brands within your category, then I think you have, um, you have, or you are on the right track to measuring what matters. Uh, and that, and I think that's important. Uh, measuring what what matters within the context of your competition uh, helps you understand whether you're on the right track, whether you're growing your brand, whether you're growing your um, um, your consumers and your loyalists and your evangelists.
0: So moving into a little bit about the pandemic, because you can't talk about anything anymore without talking about the pandemic. Of course, that time has forced brands to really rethink their relationships with consumers. Do you have any more knowledge of how so, and the aspects you think are gonna be long-term changes that brands now have when they interact with consumers?
1: In a way, the pandemic, a couple of things happened. I think initially, Brands struggled last year to deal with the pandemic. So did everybody else in the world, I mean, brands are driven by people. Uh, um, uh, but after, after some time, many world-class brands, but really also some small local brands, kind of recovered by examining, really taking a look at what, what did they stand for? I mean, how, and how could they help in a genuine way? Uh, as opposed to just coming out with platitudes about you know we're there for you or whatever and I think those brands and many of those brands were able to develop that those relationships with, with customers or or consumers and act in a way that that fit with them that were able to to then contribute and 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 had this and, and have this this one-on-one relationship remember a lot of people had a, you know, a real change in their life I mean they 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 isolated themselves so the, in a way, brands reached out to them in a way that that um, they had, you know, they hadn't before. But that's not it's not really what happened last year because last summer, the events of last summer, uh, you know, really rallied the discussion worldwide around racism, and that worldwide reaction pushed brands to actually become somewhat self-reflective, and. They then join the discussion, and I don't think that people will look at brands like you mentioned before um, uh, without thinking about, you know, are they authentic brands? Do they care about the same values that I care about? I think that's what happened last year when you know the world was on
0: lockdown. Do you think that it's also changed the rules of how brands, you know, turn a customer into a brand evangelist? because of everything, um, the way that they reach out to them, the way that they message to them?
1: That's it. You always throw very difficult questions Anna. them. Um, yes, I, I, I think they, in, in, the, in that brands had uh, the ability to develop a closer relationship, well, one-on-one, uh, more so than, 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 than other times, um, that direct communication with brands back and forth, I think like actually, in a way, Enable a, a, a different, a different way of 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 being loyal to a brand, and a different way of, of, of becoming brand evangelists. Um, I mean, I think brand evangelists will always be brand evangelists, and I mean, um, there's a certain um, there's a, you know, a certain empathy that 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 obviously brand evangelists have always had. Um, I think the one-on-one relationship with being with everyone. Uh, being more isolated
0: has, has pushed that a little bit so let's say that your brand health is not doing the best and you do want to try to move that needle and and bring your brand to a more premium image in the eyes of consumers what is the most or some of the most important things that they need to consider when they start to try to move that needle
1: well if, if so it depends if you want your brand to have a premium edge to begin with or a premium price? Or if you want to, to grow your share, be a brand for being, a, you know, an everyday brand, right? So it depends on your, on, on wh- where you see your, your, your business going. Cause at the end we can always, you know, talk about brands and those emotional connections, we also have, also have to understand that, that brands are there for, for business. And so to that end. First, you have to understand what, where do you want to go? Do you want to um, get to a premium sort of positioning or do you want to be a more of everyday brand for, for, for everyone in grocery? So what's important to consider actually is the totality of it. And first consider where the category is and then where your brand life stage is within the context of the category. And by that, I mean, if your brand is just a couple of years old, you know, you're going to have to switch pillars. You're going to have to just, you know, establish that presence and that, that salience about your brand. If, if your brand is, is, you know, is 100 years old or 50 years old, you may have to start storytelling around your brand because everybody knows you. Everybody's, everybody feels they know you. So then that emotional attachment is going to, have to, is going to be more important in keeping that up. Um, and then you have to understand the category. What's important in that category? What drives those categories? So, you know, your current brand image is a really complicated question to to answer.
0: Yeah, it sounds complicated. It definitely makes sense now when in the beginning you said it's hard to move a brand because you're right, there's a lot of strategy behind it and a lot of different things to consider. So moving a little bit, a little bit about how brand health, but specifically about brand strength. What is brand strength and why is that important to where your brand stands?
1: Really, it's 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 consumers' willingness to choose it across a variety of competitive scenarios. So it's really, you know, will you choose this brand over X, Y, and Z competitors? Will you choose this brand over ABC competitors? Will your likelihood of, of choosing this brand if your price point is higher, your likelihood of of, pre, of, of choosing this brand if, if, um, if other brands are, are on sale. I mean, all, all, all that, that brand strength is, is actually almost kind of a, the, 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 what hits the road. You know, what, it's the rubber that hits the road uh, when you develop a really strong brand. So when you develop strong associations that matter in terms of knowledge and understanding... Uh, when you develop a, you know, a strong attachment with with, with, uh, with followers with consumers and when you um, and and when you have enough salience in your brand then the result given that you, you, you've communicated all that properly is brand strength the ability of a brand to be chosen versus your competitors
0: one one that I think is so interesting is the concept of premium brands because there are certain brands out there that consumers are willing to pay vastly more amount of money for than others. What are some of those main traits that create that premium image for a brand?
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't know how many times I've started to answer your question by it depends. <laughs> but yeah, it, it actually does depend on the category. But for a premium brand, So there's got to be some functional attributes and some functional benefits. Well, if it's, if it's a car, you know, it's, it's gotta be better built. It's gotta last longer. It's gotta, it's gotta have more technology. And as long as it's, 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 it's wrong, um, will lead to that emotional connection and being seen as a premium brand, even when competition catches up with product quality and product differences. So, um at the end of the day it's again going back to the attachment uh variables to the brand attachments that's important for premium so really like is there this self-connection you know i want to be seen with a chanel person i want to be seen in a bmw and is there something is there some gratification you know it feels good to, uh, to drive this or you know these jeans feel comfortable or so those kinds of things so there's that uh, in many ways the brand attachment for premium is, is really critical.
0: Yeah. When GFK is looking at brand strength or brand health, do they ever take history into account? How old a company is? I, I know there's quite a few, especially in the fashion industry where they've been around so long, that's almost a part of the reason that they can charge as much as that they do.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's part of understanding the brand life stage, right? Um, so there is their history, and and a, in a consistent history as being premium, again, reinforces those emotional connections and those aspirational ideas. So, so whether it's gratification or whether it's, it's uh projection as well, all those kinds of things, history reinforces that. Uh, what also <laughs> reinforces that, uh, honestly is, is, is the fact that a lot of these premium brands. Know exactly what they're doing. <laughs> and they're constantly reinforcing those emotional hooks about their brand to continue that premium positioning. If a brand stops communicating and stops talking to you, uh, eventually it will erode. So then, you know, the, the fact that those brands with over with 50, 60, years old are still relevant today means they've been curating those experiences. They've been curating those messages in a, in, in, a, in a good way.
0: What are some good examples of a strong brand? I know I mentioned fashion as one with a lot of premiums, but also other brands, also ones that maybe aren't premium, but they still have a very healthy brand to consumers.
1: So again, remember, I, 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 uh, we discussed first understanding where you want to go with your brand you know, across so many different categories. You can grow share um and be available to 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 a large amount of people or are command a premium and, and then become available to a, to, to a fewer people but but um, um, still be a, a very strong brand um, I mean in, in, in the premium category many people will point to some of the fashionist brands. so, uh, so Chanel is obviously is always the one. Louis Vuitton um, in the automotive category. It's hard. I mean, after all these years, you still have Mercedes and BMW that are on top uh, of people's aspirational levels. Uh, uh, but you also have disruptors uh, like Tesla, for example, who, who came in and totally disrupted the marketplace and is seen as 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 um. And not just a disruptor, but, but a premium uh, luxury brand in a way because of its functional attributes, which is interesting. Um, but then you also have uh, you know very very strong healthy brands that are um, that have been you know mainstay for, for, for years that people love. You know who doesn't love Oreo cookies? Um, you know the um, and 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 th- those are those are very you know, those are fantastic brands as well. Um, they're not there to command a real, a real premium per se. I mean, they command some uh, some premium compared to the majority, but uh, but they're not. They're they're here, um, and the, the reason for being is to be um, to understand their consumers and to and to make sure that that um, um, they provide that that gratification um, uh, to the consumer.
0: Thinking ahead, what, in your opinion, is going to be that top trait that brands will need to incorporate in order to be successful as we enter this new era of increasing consumer desire for a brand that really stands for something?
1: It, it's it's got to be authenticity. People had um, the ability to really think and introspect over the past year, and brands came up to the forefront And because there was less... Maybe noise. People start to, you know, maybe pay more attention to brands and authenticity is, is really key. And the fact that brands start to to be more aware of their responsibility makes that trait of brand building something that's important. Now, does it replace the core pillars of that creating salience, that brand knowledge and, and an attachment? No, it doesn't. But it adds an element that people Uh, should consider strongly.
0: So that is the word of the episode. I've done this on a couple other ones. Authenticity. You get one word out of this episode, it's authenticity. Well, we're almost out of time here, Eric. I do have one more question for you before I let you go. As an expert in all things brands, what is your best advice that you could give to someone who's currently working to better their brand?
1: Constantly monitor your brand's heartbeat. There's an ability to throw just about anything on uh, about your brand and just keep the stuff that works. What happens is, you know, half the stuff that 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 doesn't work when I'm talking about communication and talking about know, those kinds of things, that actually hurts your brand. And it hurts your brand probably more than you imagine. So I think that constant feedback on communication, um, on product development, you know, being aware of how of the heartbeat of your brand and, and the consumers is is really important. Also pre-testing. I mean, you know, understand before you launch or, or, or with communication and be really sure about uh, about your story and the story connects in a way that you want it to connect with your brand positioning.
0: Yeah, I love that. Brand heartbeat. Well, thank you, Eric, so much for sitting with me here today virtually. If you are listening and you'd like more information about brand health, uh, I will leave some links for you in the description. Eric did just come out with an interactive ebook about brand health, which I highly recommend that you take a look at. It's completely free, com- no forms, no nothing. I will leave that link for you. I also suggest that you check out the episode that he did last summer. It was during the BLM movements that happened. Uh, it's titled Finding Purpose in Crisis, which is also a great reference when it comes to your brand's health. So thank you so much, Eric. Thank you, Anna. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Thinking Ahead. For more information on today's topic, you can click the link in the description. And please make sure to leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you like about the show. And of course, if you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button to keep up to date on the latest insights. We'll see you next time so you can keep thinking ahead.